Hey there, what's happening? It's the Connor Cattle Show and it's David today covering for an absent Fred. Actually, that's just me. And one of the things, we, one of the reasons why we set up the Connor Cattle Show was to talk about vaping, vaping news really, but more from a business to business perspective. We obviously work in the vaping game. Our business is Vaping Juice and we just sort of launched in the CBD industry as well. Look out for our podcast coming soon, which is CBD Stars and the brand CBD Star. But we work in retail and that means online, offline. Is there any other line? But telephone line. <laughs> used to be all the lines and we we're very much involved in retail and retail obviously gets a hard time and everyone talks about how retail is oh it's, it's tough in retail right now it's tough in retail but the reality is is people aren't not buying things amazon aren't having a tough time in retail ebay aren't having a tough time in retail the best e-commerce sites aren't having a tough time in retail they're winning they're winning hand over fist and there are new brands every single day that are working that are winning every single day the reality is 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 they're doing something different so let's take the news for example today today's news is talking about monsoon accessorized brand how it's going into administration what they're trying to do is they're trying to renegotiate their business rates they're trying to renegotiate their which they're not going to get very far because it's the tax man for some reason, the Treasury doesn't seem too willing to help businesses out when they're struggling with their business rates. I read a statistic the other day that said something like bricks and mortar retail makes up 75% of all business rates, all business rates bills, which against the contrast of what the rest of the statistic is, that's pretty poor stats. They probably need to come with my numbers. So in the UK, bricks and mortar retailers account for 6% of GDP in the UK, 6% of GDP, but make up 25% of all business rates bills now that's a pretty pretty overweight statistic when you consider what they're doing and what other businesses are that use business rates british retail consultant suggested that a one percent online sales tax one percent sales tax online for online purchases could allow the government to do a 17 and a half percent business rates cut without any impact to the treasury which is would make a real difference there is right now a retail voucher that's running for the next couple of years which is a sort of, i think it's about 20 to 30 percent discount on business rates in certain areas to allow businesses to have a bit more money in their business that they can then put towards. Well, straight away that money is going to go to to pay for the increased minimum wage. It's going to go for pension levy. So there are places for that to go already, but maybe it will take some of the burden of those things off. But that's the thing. So 6% of GDP is bricks and mortar retail, 26% of business rates. And the real issue is, and one of the, top, one of the sort of topics people often say is, why don't online businesses pay business rates? Well, they do pay business rates. There are a lot of home businesses that certainly aggregate of home businesses out there uh, that use platforms like eBay that collectively take business away from other stores. And when they're working from home, yeah, they're probably not paying business rates. If, if their office is their bedroom, it's their lounge, they're not really taking up enough space, as it were, to have a significant business rates bill they would have to pay for anyway. So and if they had a shop, they probably wouldn't pay business rates. So that has an impact, the collective power of a thousand home vendors using eBay is the equivalent power of quite a powerful retailer. And how it works at the moment is we don't, we don't look at it like that way. We look at them as all home individual retailers. Those in the business industry look at it and go, well, no, hang on, that's eBay. eBay, are, they, eBay say they're just a tech business, but the reality is, is they are, they are allowing those aggregations to happen therefore to compete in a sector to earn revenue i would say they're not just a tech business they're they're a, they're a retail business too but these things have a profound effect as a kid for me i had a, my first job was working part-time in a shop in a high street and from those things you learn the importance of you know, presentability turning up on time 
responsibility, a task, a diligence. Some people go, oh, you know, the world's moved on now. The world hasn't moved on. Some people still keep those values and do very well in life. But the real thing is, is, is where is our, where's our high street going? And this is the real additional question we have to look at. Going back to my first point was that Monsoon and Accessorize are struggling. They're trying to renegotiate the business rates. They're trying to renegotiate their rents. Quite smart, actually, was one of those things that was suggested. And I thought this was quite good from a business point of view that you can kind of pick a, pick a bit of a tip from this is they were offering landlords a share of their profitability based on hitting certain targets rather than having a rent bill. Well, it's quite smart, all, all sharing into the world. Otherwise, they're gonna go into administration, the business is gonna be wound down, and there's gonna be no rent for those landlords. So this way is an opportunity for the landlord to still partake in the business, benefit from the business. And I think, as a, I'm a landlord in, in commercial the world, very, very, very tiny one, but I'm also a retailer. And I think there is a, a responsibility for landlords that they have to take is they've taken years and years and years of the good times. If they want the good times to carry on going, they're gonna to have to start changing how they think. It happens in every business. We change how we do business. We change how we, we operate. We change how we, we buy things, we sell things. We change so many things. We're changing how we drive cars, crying out loud. And we're changing how we bring up our kids. So people like, property has been a really slow market to change, particularly in the commercial sector. If you run a business, you'll know that. Landlords need to start thinking, actually, I'm gonna be lucky if these units are gonna still earn me revenue in 10 years time. I might have to sell them. And if you don't want to sell them and you want to keep earning revenue from it, it's time to start going, hey, I might have to start giving back. And how do you give back? Well, you can start, for a start, you can participate, perhaps become a stakeholder in that business in that particular location. Train stations do it, train, uh, train companies do it. They take a share of turnover sometimes. That's not always fair because some businesses have massive turnover and very small margins, but there are certainly more, more than one way to skin a cat. Rent is not the only way to do it and the reality is, I mean, we take properties in the land, some landlords want a personal guarantee. And I look at that and think, so if my business fails, everything that I'm doing, my whole livelihood, everything that I do to provide and put food on the table, if that fails, you also want my house. And you might listen to this and go, well, why should he carry the can? No, you're right. He shouldn't have to carry the can. He doesn't have to. But I also don't have to take his premises. I don't have to take his shop. So... And in well, five years time, the choice won't just be his shop or no, sh or his shop or another shop. It will be actually, there'll be a lot more competition for, his, for a location in that particular parade, but it'll actually be his shop or no shop at all. And that's where then they're gonna lose out. They're gonna have pushed it too much. They're gonna be in too much of their cake and left nothing for later. So there's a real big conversation going on there. And I think that needs more and more people to think about what do landlords want in five, 10, 15, 20 years time? What are they doing to keep their, their investments solid? What are they doing to keep their investments good? Are they farming it properly or are they just milking, milking, milking the cow and not feeding the cow? So that's one particular area. The other thing is some of these brands on the high street are dead. The reality is, is Monsoon Accessorize should have bought a stake in ASOS when they were one and a half pence a share, when they went public and they started raising money, or when they, went, they were doing a, a private equity fundraising and farmers from Aberdeen got involved in it, from brokerages, where were Monsoon accessorized there saying, we like what you're doing, we're gonna take a gamble on you for a couple of hundred grand, we're gonna get a significant stake in your business, you're gonna get the capital you need, and you're gonna act as a safety net in case things change. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Downturn in retail is nothing to do with that. When Blockbuster Video were approached with the Love Film Netflix concept, 
and they didn't get involved in it. The downturn of retail had nothing to do with that. When Jessup's went into administration and then they built a website to tell investors this is the situation and they didn't have an e-commerce platform before, downturn of retail had nothing to do with that. That's all about poor planning, poor vision. And if you look at Monsoon, they've had a number of owners in the last decade, a number of owners. That's people with different visions, different ideas, and they're all taken away from the original core leadership and the core ideas and the core vision. Poor leadership, poor direction, poor planning, poor vision, poor risk strategies is what's happening in a lot of these cases. You hear the downturn of retail linked to bad weather, inclement weather, good weather, a good World Cup run, a short World Cup run, airplane strikes, volcanoes, all there's the, any number of things that there are, there are boards of directors out there that want to blame as being the reason why their business is fundamentally struggling long-term. And there are things that happen. You know, we had the snows last year in March or May, whenever it was, and our shop was closed for about a week. Yes, sales were lower that week, but sales picked up the following week to make up for it because people still had to buy those products, particularly in our industry, which is a consumable industry. Online went up instead because people didn't want to leave their house. Downturn of retail isn't applied to something in a one week or two week space, which very often happens. Boards of directors, rather than take and face responsibility for what they're doing and the failures that they are responsible for, they blame the downturn of retail. And I think when you look in the news today of accessorizer monsoon struggling to negotiate deals to protect their business and keep it going, and it's sad for the people who work for them. It is sad. It's sad that they felt that was their only option in life. They're sure they can go off and find other places to work and apply skills, maybe use this as a chance to go and do something else now in their life. But that's poor leadership. Poor leadership and poor vision. People have moved on from accessorizer monsoon. And that's not the only one. You've got Bathstore announced. They're, they're struggling as well. Bathstore actually got a really nice website, given their credit. Very, one pun, saturated market. You've got Victoria Plum. They tried to do a deal with Victoria Plum last year. I do wonder, sometimes is the case, is you try and do a deal, you try and sell your business, you try and leave it, exit, and merge it. And that is what your core focus is. And once you kind of have that focus, you get distracted from the business. Many a business loses its way when someone's trying to sell the business and move on. It just, particularly if there's a reason why someone wants to leave the business. So that failed there. B&Q, very much involved in that bathroom market. Amazon, eBay are competing it. I wouldn't necessarily say that there is a decline in people doing work on their houses. And Bathstore haven't necessarily come a cropper because people are not doing their bathrooms up anymore. People are just using other platforms, other sites. Uh, Victoria Plum's a massive brand in the sector. You see them advertised a lot. Bathstore, I think personally quite expensive. And I wonder whether or not that's probably the cause of some of the problems. They are an expensive source of places to get your bath done. Rain Kitchen's another one, pretty expensive for what you're getting. And the reviews aren't great. You know, and this is what people are looking for. People are looking for social proof. There's, there's, there's any number of reasons. And, and these are all come back to why we do this podcast, why we do this show. We talk about retail and we say, look, people are still going to buy things. People are still going to need things. People are going to still need a bathroom. They're still going to need a tie. They're still going to need a handbag. They're still going to need a pair of socks, a t-shirt, a jumper, probably a device for their weed or a vape liquid. It comes down to what you do when you get the opportunity to serve someone or when you're going out there prospecting to get business, it's what you do now and what you're planning to do in five and 10 years time that mean the difference between you blaming the downturn in retail and you having a successful viable business. 
social proof, so important. Getting reviews, getting people to say good things about your business, having it on your Google platform, having it on your website, having it on your Facebook. Because people, people go to Bathstore and they go, is Bathstore any good? And their ratings are poor. Poor social proof hurts them. People, they're expensive and the reviews aren't that good. I might as well go and get the items myself and get a builder in to do it because it's going to be cheaper. People don't mind paying good money for good quality service, but when the social proof is poor, then that, that affects your business. Monsoon accessorize. What is the brand? What are those things that you're going to have there? To use a bad analogy, imagine a shop is like a nightclub, and if you're a guy or a girl, brands in there are the good-looking boy or girl. Now, everyone knows that years ago, people had nightclubs that always have attractive women behind the bar because it'd bring them in and they'd spend money. Good-looking women brought men in. Good-looking brands bring customers in. If one shop has great brands and the other one doesn't have great brands, everyone's going to flock to the cool club with the good-looking brands in. Now, if everyone, has, if everyone has those good-looking brands, then people probably start looking for the cheaper brands, the, the meat markets, the easier women or the easier men, if that's what they want. But if your store has nothing discernible about it, no, no specific brand, no, no good-looker, why are people coming there? What is the reason to go there? And I think that is the core problem with so many businesses on the retail. They're being run by people who are in their 50s and 60s and are so far beyond where the market is right now. They're losing. And they're losing to, they're losing to upstarts, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings, who understand digital, understand online, who could probably open up a bricks and mortar shop and destroy them as well. So they're, they're fighting a battle they're not really equipped for. That's the problem with retail right now. Or that's the problem with those people in retail. Retail isn't dying, specific brands are, because they haven't changed and they haven't adapted. So with that said, with all those problems in the high street, what takeaways can you do to help yourself in your retail business? Well, I've got two things for you today. Two things that I think that you should really pay attention to. Do you remember when people used to go and check the prices in competitor stores, where you'd walk around and see what your competitors are doing? Maybe you still do it now. Maybe you look through the windows and you see what your competitors are doing. Maybe you don't do it. Well, there's a reason why military tactics involve reconnaissance and intelligence as a key part of the battle-winning strategy. Because if you don't know what you're up against, you don't know how to prepare for it. You may not need your entire army. You may not need to devote all your energy to it. You may only need to devote a small part of your energy to it. You may need to devote everything to it. Intelligence is key. So what can you do with your business? Well, social media is fantastic. An awful lot of people document what they do. An awful lot of people post pictures of their shops. They post pictures of their products on their Instagram story. They'll often put the pictures of their prices on there. Even if you don't believe social media is a good tool for your business, which you're mental if you don't think that, but even if you don't, what I'm sure we can all agree on is that other people might disagree with you. And because of that, they're posting things on there to promote their business. More than likely, they're posting things on there to promote their business in an area that affects you. So get online, get on social media, get on Instagram. Even if you don't use it, and I beg you to use it, but even if you don't use it as a tool to win business, use it as a tool to monitor your competitors. Don't spend too long on it. You spend too long on something like that, you distract from your own business. And that's really important too. But a small amount of time or a person dedicated to keeping an eye on what your competitors are doing and bringing you back a report, and that's the ultimate way, get people to report back to you and to identify what they're doing well, what they're doing badly, what their branding's like, who they're targeting, what their pricing's like, how they're promoting their business, what their shop's looking like, how busy are their shops in the pictures, every detail like that. 
what events they're doing, what things they're doing that we're not doing. Those things you can gain from social media and you can use them to give yourself an advantage. Simple, isn't it? You can do that. Now, what you should be using is social media to actually win customer, win business, but if you don't fundamentally buy that, I can tell you something blue in the face, but you're not gonna buy it. What you probably will agree is that there are people out there who are documenting their business and it's an opportunity for you to see what they're doing and you to see whether or not you can learn from it. So do that. Step one, either do it yourself or better still, get someone whose job is to spend an hour to two hours a week scouring competitive businesses in your area, see what they're doing and do a report for you. Present you with that report. Give yourself that element of intelligence document. And you know what as well? You're empowering someone in your business with a new responsibility that makes them feel better and gives them more self-realization, even if they've just been a grass, basically. So that's step one. That's the first thing you can do, you can take away from this, to avoid being like the rest. And there's another reason why I say social media. Social media is where younger people hang out. Watching what younger people do and how they engage and how they do business tells us everything about how industries will change now, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Give a kid a tablet now, they know automatically to swipe. That's how they're gonna do things on apps. That's what they're gonna use. They're not gonna use mail order and direct mail and back of the newspaper because that's not what they've been brought up with. So it's very important to see what your customers of tomorrow are doing today. That's really important. If you wanna be long-term proof, you need to know what your customers of tomorrow are doing today. So use that, social media, that's the first thing. Step two, start getting reviews, get social proof. The number of people that see your images or your location on Google Business Insights, it's phenomenal. I don't think you quite realize it. If you set up a map location, I want you to do this one thing today. Go into your Google Business app if you've got it on your phone. I recommend getting it on your phone because you can add pictures easily that way. If you haven't got it, do two things. Download it, then log in and check your insights relating to your pictures as a, as a tab, it's like a little analytics chart. Press that, insights, and you'll get the shock of your life. And it's a good shock, but it's also a missed opportunity for a lot of people. There are a huge amount of people that see your map listing location on a daily basis, on a minute by minute basis. There are tons of people who see your business name when they're searching for a like-minded shop. We're in the vape game, right? So ours is vape shop, so-and-so town. If you type in vape shop, so-and-so town, up will come probably your business if you're on there, your competitors, the ones that are better than you with more reviews, more recent photos. Look at the insights. Look how many people have seen your photos. And if you've only got four or five bad quality photos that you haven't updated for two, three years, what do you think that's telling a prospective customer about your shop? If they then click on the next business and they recently updated their photos, and they made a fucking effort. You have lost that person from even walking through your door. It's nothing to do with where you're located, it's to do with how you position yourself online. Get that social proof, get those reviews, get those customers to post good quality photos or just a photo frequently. Get your own photos up there. And importantly, get your link to your review section from your Google business. So you can, if you type into, it's a long-winded code to tell you now of the phone, but if you type in how to find my place ID Google Business Review, stick that into Google, that, that string of text, how to find my place ID, Google Business Review. They'll give you a link that you can use. You can email that to all your customers. You can make a bit.ly, a bit.ly, a shortened link that leads straight to that. And when people type that in, so you can get a bit.ly forward slash your shop. People type that into Google, it will lead them straight to the review box page that lets them type a review in. Five stars and a thumbs up, press tick, you've got a review. 
That's all you need to do. That gives you social proof. That boosts the number of stars that you'll get. And if you update your photos and you start paying attention to what people are looking at on your on your pages, on your site, you're gonna start getting more people who see that on Google Business and go, I'm gonna give you your shop a chance. Social proof, it's so important. Can't stress that enough. So social proof, and of course, monitor the competition. See what they're doing. See what they're doing badly. Give yourself a pat on the back. See what they're doing well. And appreciate that maybe you might have to adapt a few things. There you go. So that's my two takeaways. How not to lose in retail when everyone else around them is losing their shirt. Social proof and intelligence. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this useful. If you have found it useful, please do me a favor. Please share this onto someone in business or someone that you think could benefit from this. Share it on someone you work with. Either way, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or a rating or review on whatever platform it is you're listening to. So that's the Cotton and Candle podcast. We're talking about retail. Problems in the high street or problems on the high street. Anyway, hope you enjoyed. Hope you found it useful. If you've got any questions or comments or you want to come on the show and talk about your business and how you're getting on in retail, let us know. This is Mason on Business at the Cotton and Candle Show.